Welcome to the latest episode of the Odds On Podcast, your home of football and sports betting. My name's Dan Tracy and for the next 45 minutes I'm joined by two top guests as we dissect all the numbers, look for the value and find those long shots before this weekend's football action. As I say, it's not just me on the show today, so before we start waxing lyrical about wagers, let's get the introductions out of the way. First up, I'm joined by James Capps. James, it's a pleasure to have you on the show again. How have you been this past week? Yeah, we uh, we caused quite the stir over on um, Free Bets Footy on Twitter with our 120 to 1 winning long shot Acker on Saturday. And actually, all five legs were in at the, at the 60 minute mark. So it was the longest half hour wait of my life for full time. And fully enough, we were only one leg short on a 98 to 1 Acker the following day. I think it was uh, Napoli and AC Milan to draw, and Rossoneri won 1 0, which let us down in the end. So yeah, I think I've officially found my niche. It only took 29 years, two months and 25 days, but I finally got there. You got there in the end. That's the most important thing. But last and certainly not least is Jamie Brown. Jamie, I think it's fair to say the Spurs roller coaster is on the way up again. How are you feeling after that dominant display against Everton on Monday night? Yeah, I mean, another very strange performance of Spurs. I mean, you just never know what you're going to get. But I mean, that's kind of been the story of, uh, you know, the last 20 years at Spurs. So, I mean, another crazy result, obviously winning 5-0. It was, uh, it was just nice to see us winning again. But uh Another huge game on the week against Manchester United. And I think we'll obviously get into that and uh, looking forward to speaking about it. Yeah, we certainly will. That and a lot more in the next 45 minutes or so. So that's all the intros out of the way. Let's get down to business. And of course, before we start, wherever you bet, check first with freebets.com, your best place for offers, tips and insights. And from a social media point of view, if you're placing any bets this weekend, let us know via the odds on podcast hashtag. And who knows, we may be discussing your winners on next week's show. Okay, where should we start first? Let's start with an abundance of Thursday night Premier League football. And James, it's once again matters at the bottom which are generating the most interest. And although Leeds found nothing in the way of new manager bounce at the weekend, can they find it against Aston Villa in midweek? Well, I don't see any reason why they can't get a result against Villa. Quite regularly take Stephen Gerrard's side on when having a bet. Not overly sure how much Jesse Marsh will have to do with it at this stage, but they certainly offered a threat at Leicester last weekend, although... They ultimately were second best on the balance of play and that's kind of par for the course for them. Dangerous on the day, but can see too many goals. So perhaps the visit of Aston Villa isn't that high up on their wish list. Villa have won back-to-back games, of course, without conceding. Philip Coutinho is hitting some form as well. So I do think we're likely to have some goals here. Over 3.5 is 2-1. to I personally can't call this one, actually, but there's good value if you do fancy something either way. Leads for the home win are 2-1, to while the informed visitors are 13-8. to So like a bargain bucket at KFC, there really is something for everyone here. <laughs> well, Jamie, on last week's show, we all bigged up Southampton, didn't we? I think we fell into the trap of Southampton on a good unbeaten run. They'll go to Villa, make it six in a row in terms of no defeats. That ended quite considerably, actually. 4-0 win for Stevie G's men. Would you fancy Villa making it three wins in a row on Thursday night? Yeah, I mean, that's, this has been the weird thing with Aston Villa at the moment. They've been kind of very inconsistent with Stephen Gerrard. They've had some great results, but they've also had a mix in there with some, some very poor results. Of course, this game um, we saw a couple of weeks ago, the same fixture at Finis 3-0 back in early February. Um, but Aston Villa, of course, they come into this uh, this game in great form at the moment with those two big wins. As James said, of course, you know, a 2-0 win uh, against Brighton, a 4-0 win against Southampton, which was obviously a real shock. But look, the, you know, they have got some top players in that team as well. You know, you saw Watkins, he's obviously scored in both his last matches. 
Again, another one, Philip Coutinho. He just looks to have been a, a fantastic signing for Villa. A uh, really shrewd bit, bit of business there for them. Of course, getting him from Barcelona. He got goal and assist on the weekend. So that, that would definitely be interesting. I think that he'll be the guy to really make the difference for them in, in kind of the remaining fixtures uh, for Aston Villa. But it'll be interesting to see kind of how Leeds are under, under Jesse Marsh. Obviously, we saw them just lose 1-0 against Leicester on the weekend. They did have a... Uh, you know, they had 19 attempts to Leicester's seven. So they've certainly shown signs of, of maybe some more positivity. But uh, Bamford was back on the bench on the weekend. So that could definitely be another boost if uh, he's involved against Villa. But um, yeah, I, I think the likes of Coutinho and Watkins, as I mentioned, will probably just about make the difference. But again, this is this is a very tough one to call right now. Well, absolutely. It's a must-win game for Leeds. I guess every game for Leeds right now is must-win. But... They were better against Leicester, there's no doubt about that. Admittedly, from a very low base compared to the month before, they had to improve, really, because they couldn't do much else. Whether they can turn that around at Ellen Road and actually get the first win under Jesse Marsh, we'll have to wait and see. But if they do, it would only add more pressure to Norwich. And Norwich, James, hosts Chelsea on Thursday night. So can you see any shine of light for Dean Smith's men? They've lost four in a row now. Is it going to be five? I certainly think so, especially after that hammering from Brentford last week and they have a pretty horrific record against Chelsea too. They haven't beaten them since 1994. They've lost six in the last seven meetings. And of course, they got pumped 7-0 in the reverse fixture back in October. And Chelsea's form is actually pretty good domestically. They've won three other bounce and not conceded a goal. With the Canaries comfortably the lowest scores in the Premier League, I think I can see a few of those runs continuing. A Chelsea win to nil is evens. And Chelsea half-time, full-time is 10-11. to 11. So take your pick from those. Yeah, I think Chelsea win to nil took my fancy at evens. There might not be an easier chance to double your money. But when it comes to money, Jamie, at the moment, Norwich's odds to get relegated to the EFL Championship next season, 1-33 to 33 on. Now, surely you just you keep the one. It's not worth the, the bet there. But in terms of the actual on-field events at the moment, yes, there were defeats to Liverpool Man City. They're not going to be the defining moments of their season. But how big will that defeat to Brentford be last Saturday? Yeah, I mean, look, the, the thing is, as James, again, as James just mentioned there, their goal-scoring record has been really poor this season. It is by far the worst in the league. They've only scored 16 goals in 27 matches. So that's something that's definitely going to really work you know, against them, just not having those goal scorers. And I think that that's ultimately what will send them down. Of course, defensively, they're very poor as well. They've got the second-worst defensive record in the league, conceding 58 goals. Um, so I think there's just so much about this team that just suggests they are going to go down in the end. And and then you look at some of their fixtures they've got remaining. They've got Chelsea, Man United, West Ham, Spurs and Wolves. So all sides that are kind of pushing for European spots. And really, their only winnable fixtures look to be Burnley at home and Leeds away. And even those two are going to be tricky matches. So it's just very difficult to see where they're going to get points on the board. And you know, their, their form has been really poor recently and they just don't show any real signs of life. So uh, I, I think Norwich are a very safe bet to go down. Talking of defeats hurting, that's certainly been the case for Watford. In that same relegation market, they're 1-6 to six on to suffer the drop and we spoke about them getting no joy at home this season. They've now lost their last eight at Vicarage Road. Can they finally turn that around, James, against Wolves on Thursday? Well, there's, there's no better time to face Wolves, really. They've lost the last three, but... It's impossible to back Watford at the minute. And at five to six, I think Bruno Large side a great odds for a home win here. Watford give away more chances than a Monopoly board. And even a goal-shy Wolves side should be able to pick up a couple here, especially now they need a win to keep their rather faint European hopes alive. And 
For Watford, the goals have dried up for Emmanuel Dennis, just one goal in his last nine games. So in addition to their defensive frailties, they aren't offering an up, up top two. Although that said, it's just one clean sheet in nine for the host. So you fancy the home win, then pair it up with both teams scoring for a nice little four to one double. And Jamie, as mentioned, Wolves have lost their last three league outings. In doing so, it's arguably derailed their European bid. It's not over, but it's going to be a lot more difficult to break through into the top seven now. As they're out of sorts, does a simple under 2.5 goals bet make the most sense on Thursday? Yeah, look, I th- think these two sides are, are very low scoring sides. And defensively, they've actually both been, okay. I think, well, mostly Wolves, they've been OK, actually. Um, I think Wolves, they've, they've only scored 24 goals this season. Watford, they've only got 27. So, again, I, I don't think there'll be many goals in this game. Um, and I think, you know, under 2.5 goals, around 8 to 15, I think that, you know, that, that would be a fairly safe bet again. But, um I think this will be kind of one where Wolves will bounce back just about. I think uh, Watford, they have shown some signs of life under Roy Hodgson. Of course, they've put in some fairly decent performances. They've, of course, got that win against Aston Villa a few weeks ago. They got the draw at Old Trafford and then they almost fought back against Arsenal. But I I just don't think that's quite enough to kind of keep them in the division. I think they're a side that will definitely join Norwich in, in, in dropping down this season. Um, but this one, I, I think Wolves will just about edge it, and I think it will be a low-scoring match for sure. OK, the final of the Thursday night fixtures takes us to Southampton, with the Saints seeing their unbeaten run come to an end at Aston Villa, as we just mentioned. They're now just 11-10 to 10 to finish in the top half. So, James, can you see them holding on to a top-10 finish, especially as there are now a pack of teams nipping at their heels? Uh, I can't say I was hammering the bookies' door down this morning, (laughs) although that is mainly down to sides beneath them having plenty of games in hand. And Southampton can be a bit of a streaky side. They do have poor runs in them, but they have a great chance to keep building the next three games against Newcastle, Watford and Leeds. So if they can get two or three wins there, then they've got a real chance of securing 10th at the very least. And Southampton play host to Newcastle. So they are eight games unbeaten in the Premier League, the joint longest current streak in the division at present. So, Jamie, what odds would you put on them extending that run to nine in midweek and getting at least something in the double chance market? Yeah, I mean, look, so they're in the double chance, they're, they're four to five to get a result, of course, win or draw in that match. Um, but I think it was it was just a big kind of, uh, I mean, on, from Southampton perspective, of course, they, they lost 4-0 against Villa on the weekend. I think that was definitely a big shock. But I think the big thing that stands in in kind of the Saints' favour is their form at home. They have been really impressive at St Mary's. Um, they've won five of their last six matches in all competitions. They, of course, defeated West Ham in the Cup there. So I think they'll be much better at home. And I think we'll see the Southampton side that we've kind of come to expect over the last couple of weeks. I think they will. Again, they'll just about edge this one. But you never know. I think with the confidence of Newcastle that they're in, you know, to have won as many games as they have. I think they've won, was it, five of their last six matches. So they're obviously in massive confidence at the moment. Southampton, maybe they might have taken a bit of a hit from that heavy defeat against Villa. But I think given Southampton's impressive uh, form at St Mary's this season, or certainly over recent weeks, I think Southampton will get the better of them. It's an interesting week for Newcastle in that they've got Southampton this Thursday, they've got Chelsea at the weekend, and then they've got Everton the following Thursday. Now, if you're Eddie Howe, do you not chuck the Chelsea game, but do you rank that as the least important of the three? Do you go full strength against Southampton, rest players against Chelsea, to then be full strength for Everton? It's going to be quite the conundrum. At the same time, you can't put a price on momentum for Newcastle. As we've said, that unbeaten run is very impressive. That's been their transformation of this season. It's night and day what's happened on Tyneside. And also, there's a sense that that run has to happen because they've got such a dreadful run in after, well, after Thursday, really. It gets really, really tough from here on in. So the fact they've got all those points in the locker... 
just gives them a bit of breathing space. Because when they now face bar kind of Everton, I think it's every other team in the top half and then Burnley on the final day. So you don't want to be going to Burnley on the final day with both teams needing a result. If Newcastle could get their business done, and that's probably going to be looking at the points needed, two wins and three draws, another nine points is needed. If they can just get one, maybe even three on Thursday, that's going to be a substantial step in the right direction. Right, it's time to go to a new segment of the show now, and we're going to go bet building. Because the focus of this one will be Manchester United versus Tottenham on Saturday. So, it's really simple. Each of us are going to pick a different leg in our bet builder, and we're going to combine it together to see if we get any joy come the weekend. So, James, we're going to start with you. I'd like an anytime goal scorer, please. What have you got for me? Well, thank you, Dan, for giving me the easiest leg of the treble. You've got to be going for Harry Kane here after his brace against Everton on Monday. Spurs, the form side of the two, and with... United on the run of just two clean sheets in eight games. The door is very much open for Tottenham to at least bag a goal or two or even go and get three points as well. So, yeah, Harry Kane, anytime goal for me. And, Jamie, I'd like you to go on the over-under with cards, please. What have you got for me? Yep, I've gone for over 3.5 cards at around 10 to 11. Um, I think given this is going to be such kind of like an open affair and, of course, with with massive high stakes in, in the race for the top four, I think that, you know, this will become quite a feisty affair. And, then of course... You look at, the, you know, being at Old Trafford, of course, coming off the back of a, a big defeat against Manchester City. I think, you know, the atmosphere at Old Trafford will certainly, you know, they'll be well up for it and, and demanding a big response from the team. So I can kind of see in this being a really, really feisty affair. Of course, Man United, four of the last six matches have seen them receive three yellow cards or more. Um, they've also got players in their team that are very prone to picking up yellow cards. I mean, Scott McTominay, he's got eight already this season, which is the joint second most. You've then got Maguire, Shaw and Fernando, so we've got seven. And then for Spurs, you've got a player in Christian Romero who's been booked in his last two matches. He's got seven in total. So I think there's definitely potential for, for yellow cards on the or cards on the weekend. And uh, yeah, I've gone for three over 3.5. OK, then I'm going to take the goals in this one. And I think, well, under 2.5 looks tempting, but I'm just going to go for a little bit of insurance to start. I'm going to go for under 3.5 at 4-9. to nine. Not the biggest, boldest bets, admittedly, but we want a winner. I just think these two teams are so hard to read at the moment that the fact that they are firing hot and cold, hit and miss, whatever you want to call it lately, makes it quite difficult to sort of ascertain how many goals will be scored. So I'm just going to go a little bit safer at 4-9. to nine. So just to recap, those three legs, we've got 11 to 10 on Harry Kane scoring any time. We've got 10 to 11 on over 3.5 cards. We've got under 3.5 goals at 4 to 9 on. If you put a fire on, we get £28.95 in return. And hopefully that's the start of our bet building empire getting underway. But before we move on, let's chat about this game in a little bit more detail. James, is it the last chance saloon for either team in terms of a top four finish? Or are there still opportunities to claw Arsenal back if the worst happens for either at the weekend? I think both sides might be having a couple of pints in penultimate chance saloon first because Arsenal do have some very hairy fixtures coming up. The Gunners have to face Liverpool next Wednesday and they still have to host Manchester United and go to West Ham. So plenty of tests for Mikel Arteta's side to come. But I've got to say, I really like the look of Spurs at 5-2 to two to win this one. They, of course, battered United 6-1 in this fixture last season and the Red Devils just don't seem to be going anywhere at the minute. So Spurs certainly represent the value at Old Trafford. And Jamie, I mentioned the Tottenham roller coaster at the start of the show. A big win mm. is usually, unfortunately, followed by not a big defeat, but a defeat, shall we say. Can Spurs break the chain at Old Trafford this Saturday evening? Yeah, I mean, look, the, the inconsistency of Spurs is obviously very difficult to kind of really put your finger on why there's, you know, the, this a big result is always followed by kind of this, you know, this very poor result. 
But for me, I, I think if I look at the teams that Spurs have beaten, they've beaten teams when the side have looked to attack them. And maybe sides that have sat back, that's where they've had more trouble. Of course, we saw, you know, put three past Man City, a very, of course, renowned for being a very attacking side. Leeds, again, four past Leeds, an attacking side. Everton, five past them. So, and, and they came at Spurs again. But then you look at the sides that sat deep against Spurs. They failed to score against Burnley, failed to score against Middlesbrough. So I think Manchester United, of course, being at Old Trafford, I think they'll look to attack Spurs. And I think that that's where Spurs benefit. So I'm definitely with James here. I, I do find, kind of fancy my team to, to get the result on the weekend. And it would obviously be a huge result in terms of the race of the top four. But for me, I, I think, as, as we might touch on later, I, I do think Arsenal are definitely firmly in control of, of uh, that fourth place spot. Yeah, we cannot forget Arsenal, and we won't forget Arsenal. We'll cover them in a bit more detail. But before we do, let's go to our long shot, Acker. Genoa let me down. They drew again last week. Six draws in a row now. It's bizarre. I mean, if they had any cutting edge, they'd be out of the bottom three. Unfortunately, they're not. They drew nil-nil with Empoli, so that scuttered my bet. James, what have you got for me this week? Any long shots in the horizon? Well, mine is ever so slightly below 2-1 to one at 13-8, to eight, but I'm going to go for Millwall to beat Middlesbrough this weekend. Gary Routes really got his side playing, actually. They were on a five-game winning streak before going to Blackburn on Tuesday night and getting a really good point. And Middlesbrough, meanwhile, beaten comprehensively by Sheffield United in midweek and haven't won away from home in the league since December. So, fancy the host to make it six wins from the last seven with a win at the Den. OK, if it's not a long shot, we'll call that a shot from the edge of the box. But I'll take it. I'll allow it. Jamie, what have you got for me, mate? Yep, I'm also in the championship. I've gone for Huddersfield to win away at West Brom around 13-5. I think that's on Friday evening as well. Uh, so, obviously, West Brom, they've lost three of the last five matches. So, they're in really poor form. Um, Huddersfield, they're on a run of four, four straight wins. Um, they're up in the second, uh, third place at the moment in the championship. So, I definitely think they'll get the better of West Brom uh, on Friday evening. Okay, I'm going to bring it back up to the Premier League. And before you groan, I'm going to go with Watford to beat Southampton. Now, I know I went for Watford a couple of weeks ago, but they're picking up more points away than they are at home this season. At the time of recording, 19 points earned, 12 on the road. Now, I'm thinking something's got to give in terms of their season. They've got to keep improving. If they're not improving at Vicarage Road, then they're going to have to get points away. So I'm going for the long shot of all from the halfway line. And let's hope all three of them get over the line and we're counting big money come next week's show. And of course, check out freebets.com for all the latest offers, enhanced odds and insight from all the leading bookmakers. Now, there's not many Premier League meetings on Saturday, actually. Three to be exact, and we have just covered one of them. So we'll look at the other two now. It's not quite a six-pointer between Brentford and Burnley, but James, it's a fixture that will be important all the same in West London. What is the tale of the tape here? Well, a lot of this fixture reads draw to me. Brentford bounced back from a poor run with a win over Norwich, but their home form does show just one win in seven, and... Burnley, yes, have lost back-to-back -back games without scoring, but they've picked up five points in the last three away games, all of which were pretty tricky ones as well. And I think both sides would probably take a point via a draw at odds of 23-10. to 10. But I think the double-chance market has some value here. I like Burnley or draw at 8-11. to 11. I still have some slight Brentford trust issues. And if Sean Dyche walked up to me in the street and said his side can get at least a point this weekend, then let's face it, I'd probably believe him. Well, Jamie, will Burnley feel that last week was a... Missed opportunity in terms of points collected because, yes, you could make a strong case for Chelsea being the favourites and rightly so at Turf Moor. So that's not the biggest surprise. But the defeat to Leicester arguably was. So when you're getting no points out of six, even one of them would have taken them above Everton. So how big a blow will that be when they are now 11-10 to 10 for the drop? Well, I mean, especially if you kind of look at the way Chelsea have been over recent weeks, I think they, yes, they've picked up quite a fair amount of points, but they have struggled for goals and they put four past Burnley. So I think... Burnley, they just look like they're maybe 
kind of running out of steam a bit, of course, after that fantastic run of form. Um, then again, as you said, that Leicester defeat was also pretty damning, given Leicester's poor form as well. Um, I, I think, though, they might look at some of their fixtures left. They've got to play Norwich, Brentford and Watford. So kind of all teams that are in and around the, the bottom three. So they'll definitely kind of fancy their chances or, or certainly need to pick up points in, in those games. Um, but yeah, as I said, they just look to kind of be running out of steam. They might be looking at Leeds and Everton as sides they might be able to catch as well, but uh, I think Burnley are probably um, the other team, the other of the other of the three teams that I might that I fancy to go down. Okay, then let's look at Brighton because they're sinking like a stone at the moment. Middle of the season, people are talking them in European circles. Maybe the kind of new kid on the block in terms of the top seven. They've slowly edged down the table that no one's really made much of a point about it and now all of a sudden you look at it and they're 13th and you think oh where's that happened so obviously it's not been good for them at the moment four straight defeats they go up against the might of Liverpool at the weekend so James backing Jurgen Klopp's men won't bash the bookies all that much can you give me something that will well odds of 8 to 15 for a Liverpool win probably does stand out to those who like a, a lumpy single bet shall we say but it is a tricky one you've got to consider what side Klopp will put out after their Champions League outing in midweek although I do think all their big guns will start with the title race really hotting up. I think they'll look to get this one wrapped up emphatically. Liverpool minus one in the handicaps at 7-5 to five looks really strong to me. Although I do think Brighton will bag. They've done so in each of the last five meetings with Liverpool. So the away win and both to score double also has a chance with me at 21-10. to 10. That sounds very tempting. And I guess with Liverpool, I've just switched off in the past week. Yes, you could say that they have beaten West Ham. They have also progressed to the Champions League last eight. But when you scratch the surface... It's not all that as it seems, really, because had West Ham bought the shooting boots, that's a, a point at least for the Hammers. They were nervy in the final half hour against Inter Milan, so if they don't pull up their socks, they will get caught out at some point. Now, obviously, Jurgen Klopp's fully aware of this, and I'm sure that message will be drummed into the squad before the trip to Brighton. But, Jamie, in terms of the over-under at the Amex, can you see this being a high-scoring affair? What have you got for me before Saturday's kickoff? Yes, I do think this will be a high-scoring affair. I think if you look at kind of the, the form of the two sides, especially Brighton, they've seemed to have really fallen off the cliff recently. Of course, they've conceded nine times in their last four matches. Liverpool, I think maybe despite their, their slight kind of faltering in front of goal recently, I think ultimately they are a side that, that are packed with goals. Um, they've averaged nearly three goals a game this season in the league. So, um, yes, I, I think this game will be full of goals. Liverpool to win over 2.5 goals is at 6-5 and also 3.5 goals in the game is 13-8 to eight as well. So, uh, I think a high-scoring match, I, I do fancy it, especially, as I said, given, given the form of the two teams um, in front of goal. OK, it's now time to go to our near-weekly Everton segment. Now, James, remember a few weeks ago when you said Everton are too good to go down? Would you like to stand by that statement? Uh, I stand by it in the same way I stand by my really poorly painted garden panels. But, yeah, you've got a fear for them now, really. Yeah, they have 13 games left and nine of them are against sides currently sitting in the top 12 of the Premier League. And the defence is completely shot to pieces. There's no creativity in the side, so... The likes of Dominic Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison have no chance of making any significant impact on games. And there is still plenty of value on Everton taking the plunge. They're better than 3-1 across the board. And that price won't last long if they fail to pick up points in home games against Wolves and Newcastle over the next few days. So it's a crucial, crucial week coming up for Fran Lampard. Well, Jamie, James has just stolen your thunder slightly there because I was going to mention the relegation market. As mentioned, 3-1. to one. Now, if you're looking at this, that price has already shortened dramatically over the past few weeks. I remember talking about this with you guys. It was 5-1. to one. So it's now 3-1. to one. You're getting to the point where value is just about to slip away from all of this. 
So there's no doubt they have players that are easy on the eye, but have they got players with the guile to beat the drop? Yeah, I mean, look, I was at, I was at the game on uh, during midweek at, at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and for me, they probably were the worst team I've seen at at, at the at uh, Tottenham this this season. I think, and we've even played the likes of Norwich and Watford, so I think it's pretty damning. And that performance was just very poor. Um, of course, I think a lot was made of their away record. I think they've got the second worst re- uh, record in out of the 92 clubs. I think only Peterborough have a worse uh, away record. They've only picked up six points away from home. Defensively also, they're just uh, uh, truly shocking at the moment. I mean, they've conceded 46 goals in 25 matches. Of course, you know, Michael Keane was starting uh, against Spurs. You saw Holgate. Pickford was was really poor. I think there was some, you know, times when, you know, Sonny, he had a shot and it went straight through Pickford. So I think defensively, they're kind of all over the shop at the moment. Then you look at Frank Lampard. For me, he was a, a manager that I thought was going to be a fairly good appointment at the time. But he just looks kind of very inexperienced in, in kind of managing a team that's really struggling. Um, they've got some tough games coming up. I think there was a lot made on Monday Night Football of, of their fixtures remaining. Of course, they've got to play West Ham, Manchester United um, in the next couple of weeks. Um, I think really only that their only saving grace is kind of those those front two of Richarlison and Dominic Calvert-Lewin. But then James makes the point, you know, where does that creativity behind them come from? You know, there's no one who's there to create chances for them. And that's going to be the big thing. I mean, it was the only real opportunities they had. I think it was Calvert-Lewin playing it into to Richarlison. And uh, so I just don't think they've got kind of uh, any real creativity. They're very poor defensively. So I, I think it's very worrying for them. And again, as James said, it's a huge week for them with Wolves and Newcastle, um, both games at home. I think that that's really the only saving grace is kind of maybe their form at, at Goodison Park. Um, so a huge week for them coming up. But uh, I, I definitely think they're a side that could go down. Absolutely, they can go down because, as you mentioned, they've got good attack in terms of Richardson and Calvert-Lewin. There's no doubt about that. The talent is there. But when you look at their goals against record, it's almost two on average per game. So you're kind of sort of saying, right, we're going to concede two. I need my two forwards to go and get me three goals. You can't do that every game. It's not sustainable. It can't happen. So it's a real crisis moment for Everton. And you mentioned saving grace, James. We'll look at that now because their home form, inverted commas, I use that term very loosely. They have beaten Leeds in recent weeks and they've also had two wins in the FA Cup against Brentford and the juggernaut, which is Boreham Wood. But can they find anything against Wolves on Sunday or is this a team you simply wouldn't want to back to get a result right now? I don't have a great deal of zest for backing Evers at the size, to be honest. Wolves, not in great form and don't score many, but they'll more than find a match in this Everton side as far as goals are concerned. I can see it being a really cagey game that's probably decided by a single goal. Under 1.5 is 2-1, to one, but I'm not feeling particularly committal either way as far as a win is concerned. Despite Everton's struggles, you know they're still very capable of turning up and putting in a performance and winning it. Well, Jamie, if Everton did go down, I'd imagine there would be quite the fire sale at Goodison Park, especially with someone like the calibre of Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Yeah, I, I think there's plenty of players in that team that, that would... Definitely look to leave if they were to drop into the championship. Of course, you've got Decore, Allen, of course, a player who's playing Champions League football a couple of seasons ago. The big one, of course, obviously, Richarlison as well. And and the interesting one would be to see what happens with Anthony Gordon. Of course, he's he's kind of been their, their real standout player this season. Um, against Spurs, he was a guy who was putting in a lot of effort. He was really the only one that looked like he was trying. Um, and he has been a, a pretty decent player for Everton this year. So it'd be interesting to see what he does as well. But yeah, you can imagine that there'll be lots of players kind of queuing up to leave because I think that there's some decent players in that team, but they're just really not gelling at the moment. So, um, yeah, lots of players, I think, that will, will look to leave if they drop. 
Yeah, I think on behalf of the show, we should offer a slight apology to Everton fans because you're probably listening thinking, why are they going on about my team again? But it's just such a, a fascinating story because when you consider that Everton, they just don't get relegated, do they? They've never dropped out of the Premier League. They've been in the first tier for decades. So this is such a kind of interesting story where the myths of too good to go down, too big to go down are being dispelled quite quickly. And also, if you believe the stories that are broken today on Twitter, that being Wednesday midday, they could even be set for a points deduction because their finances are in such a mess now that they've had too much loss in the last three seasons that now the Premier League are snooping through their accounts and thinking, hang on, we might have to actually enforce our own rules. Now, if that happens, well, you know, the house of cards may quickly collapse. As the fact that Alisher Usmanov has now been um, persona non grata, he's not allowed to fund the club. So it's kind of unravelling really quickly. And as I say, apologies if we are going a bit too Everton, but it's just too good a story to ignore. Right, before we move on, I'd like a correct score bet from you both. It doesn't matter where it is, anywhere in the world. I just want that outcome spot on. So, James, I shall start with you this week. Yeah, I've talked myself into a 3-1 victory for Liverpool over Brighton this week and uh, really found a groove in the Premier League, the scoring goals. And although Brighton have caused the Reds one or two problems in recent times, I think Jurgen Klopp's men will be that little bit too strong. So the 3-1 away win for me is available at a best price, 12-1. to Wow, I like it. It's gone rather big. Jamie, are you going just as big? What have you got for me? Yeah, I'd, I'd say I'm going fairly big with this one. I've got 8-1 to one for Leeds to win 2-1 at Norwich. Um, I think this will be an interesting one because, of course, Leeds, they do play another game before that against Aston Villa. So it'll be interesting to see Jesse Marsh's side play another one. But uh, I think if you look at the way that the, the fans always get behind the team at Ellen Road, um, and especially as we, we touched on, on on Norwich, they've been really poor recently. So uh, I think Leeds wedge this one 2-1. Okay, if those take your fancy, check out freebets.com for the best insights and betting tips ahead of this weekend. Now, of course, Thursday night seems to be a rather exciting night in terms of football all of a sudden. There's just lots of Thursday night football, not only in the Premier League, but in Europe as well. The Europa League is back, and James, with West Ham travelling to Sevilla, I guess the biggest blow for them will be the absence of Jared Bowen. How much will his absence impact the team on Thursday night? Yeah, I think they're going to struggle in Seville. Um, struggle in Seville, of course, sounds like a spin-off of a Tom Hanks film. Now, I like it. But no, the Hammers haven't been in great form. With Bowen in the side, just one win in five, and they've lost the last two on the road as well. Sevilla, meanwhile, very strong at home, just one defeat in the last 21. And we all know about their great tradition in the Europa League. They seem to win the thing every other year. And Spaniards are better than even money this Thursday, and I'm absolutely all over that one. Now, Jamie, looking at the Europa League outright odds, Sevilla are now third favourites to win the competition at 11-2 to at the moment. So the winner of Thursday night might be difficult to call. James is a bit more emphatically backing Sevilla. But what bets take your fancy for the clash in Andalusia? Yeah, look, I, I'm definitely doing the same, actually, with Sevilla. I do really fancy them to go through in this one. Um, I, as we said, you know, given their experience in the competition, I think they're the record holders of it. Um, they do have a fantastic record in, in that competition. So, And also, at home, they've been really good this year. They've, uh, you know, they've won all but three of their, their matches in La Liga at home this season. Um, they're undefeated at home. And again, with West Ham, maybe it's not been the such best run of form. They've only won one of their last five, so... I definitely think Sevilla, I, I think Sevilla advancing is, is something that I definitely back. I, I can just see them, given their experience, um, I, I just really fancy. And given their recent form, uh, especially in La Liga, they're second in La Liga. So uh, I, I definitely to, to back uh, Sevilla to go through. Well, this is it, isn't it? If you're looking at that round of 16 draw, the last team you want is Sevilla with their pedigree. Six trophies already, if you include UEFA Cup wins. They just know how to get this competition won. It wouldn't be a huge surprise if they make it number seven. Also, you look at their La Liga form. The title race is just ebbing away. 
So if you're the manager there, you might think, do you know what? It's time to put all our eggs in the Europa League basket because they're not going to not finish in the top four, touch wood. But now I know the price is the same. Obviously, the carrot is getting into the Champions League, but Sevilla just loves silverware. So I think it's going to be a difficult test for West Ham, both home and away. Of course, the favourites before the playoff round were Borussia Dortmund. They're no longer in the tournament because of Rangers and the Ibrox outfit go up against Red Star Belgrade on Thursday. James, can they draw first blood against their Serbian opposition? This is a tricky one over two legs. I think it'll probably be home wins for both sides over the course of the tie. So it's likely to be the case of which away side can keep the score down. But this is a tough one for Rangers. Red Star have won all of the last six since returning from their winter break. And they're also a tough nut to crack in Europe. They're unbeaten in seven on the road. And that includes a draw at the San Siro against AC Milan. So if you do fancy Rangers, I don't think it'll be my many. So my selection here is a home win by one goal margin. You can get that at odds of five to two. But no, this is a tricky one for Gio. Van Brank horsemen. It certainly is. I think Rangers have been a strange beast since he has arrived because they were obviously sitting very pretty at the top of the Scottish Premiership, as we referenced before. Stevie G moves on and it's just kind of not clicked in Scotland. I know they won at the weekend against Aberdeen, but they needed a very late goal to uh, to clinch that one by a single goal. One to win at Ibrox. It's just not quite there. And Celtic, you know, they beat Livingston 3-1 at the weekend. They've got the extra tempo. But you flip it to Europe... And the roles are reversed. Celtic dumped out by Bodo Glimpse in the Europa Conference League. Rangers with that stunning win in Dortmund. And also, just as good a performance in that draw in the second leg. And were the referee and the VAR switched on properly, that probably should have been a win for them as well. So you can't really rule them out of European football in terms of progress. I think outright might be a case too far. But then again, look at Celtic in 2003. I know it's a long time ago, but they got to the UEFA Cup final lost to Porto, so it can happen in Scottish football. You know, you do get these kind of stories. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens in the blue half of Glasgow on Thursday night. Jamie, you're off to the Camp Nou as Barcelona play host to Galatasaray. And after Dortmund's shock exit, the Catalan Giants have assumed the role of outright favourites. Yeah, I mean, look, they're around 9-4 now to kind of win the competition outright. And I think if you look at the second favourites, RB Leipzig, yes, I think they're a, they're a strong side. But uh, I think if they are the second favourites, Barca will definitely fancy their chances of, of going and winning the whole competition. I think, you know, they're, they're hugely improved under, under Xavi. They're up into third in La Liga. Um, they've got some excellent young players coming through at the moment. I think that will really stand them in good stead. Yes, of course, you know, they've just lost Messi. They've had financial troubles. But I think there's, there's kind of a lot to be optimistic about at the new Camp. They've got Pedri... Gavi, Ferran Torres, Araujo, all kind of looking like young players that are definitely going to, you know, be great for the future. And of course, already now are, are really impressing. But, uh, you know, Barcelona in the last round, they were excellent in Naples, winning 4-2. Uh, they've won six of their last eight matches in all competitions. So they're in a, a good run of form. Galatasaray, they, of course, you know, they qualified by winning their uh, Group E. Uh, they defeated Lazio to top spot um, there. But in the, in the Superliga, they're only 12th at the moment. So they're not really a side that are kind of hitting much form. So I think given Barcelona's form and, and, and Galatasaray's, I, I do think Barcelona will comfortably win this one. Well, Barcelona going things about the right way on the domestic front as well. They're third in the table now. They're not going to really threaten the top two. But progress is being made. And if they have a strong end to this season, there's absolutely no reason why they can't start well next time round. And also, if they win the Europa League, that's a bit silverware for a young squad. They get into the habit of winning trophies. It can only feed the machine thereafter. So keep an eye on Barcelona in the Europa League. But we're now going to keep an eye on the Europa Conference League because Leicester, that same Thursday night, play host to Rennes. They're the conquerors, I guess in inverted commas, of Tottenham because we didn't finish that group. Not that I'm bitter or anything. But, James, will the French outfit get more joy from an English outfit on Thursday? 
Uh, I don't think so. Wren haven't been up to much away from home, especially domestically. And with Leicester welcoming back Jamie Vardy recently, I think they'll be too strong here. The Foxes are evens to win this one. I think that's a great price, really, all things considered. Just one defeat in, I think, nine games at the King Power. With Wren losing five of the last six away from home, I think the victory at the King Power for Leicester will find its way into plenty of Thursday night accumulators. Now, Jamie, Jamie Vardy's just been mentioned there. So his fitness boost will be an almighty boost to Leicester. So in terms of Brendan Rodgers, if you're him, do you throw him into midweek action? Do you keep him warm for the Premier League? If he is playing on Thursday, what do you make of his odds in the anytime goal market? Yeah, look, firstly, uh, I wish Wren's the very best of luck after, <laughs> after failing to turn up to uh, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium for that game. But uh, no, but seriously, I think with, with Jamie Vardy, I, I can see him being rested. I think if you look at kind of the injury record that he's had this season, I think it's not a game that Brendan Rodgers will look to kind of risk him in. Um, so maybe I think he'll start on the bench. Um, he's at six to five to score any time. I think he's the favourite to do so. But for me, I think the better value is uh, Patson Dakar. I think he'll be the guy to lead the line for the Foxes um, on Thursday night. Um, he's at 11 to eight to score any time. He scored six goals in seven appearances in Europe this season. And as I said, I, I, I do think he'll start over Vardy. So for me, Patson Dakar would be the shout for uh, any time goal scorer. Yeah, it's going to be an important clash for Leicester. I guess Rogers watch if we now label it. Is this the thing that keeping him in a job? Perhaps, who knows? I think, again, they need to finish strong just to get a bit more credit in the, the Leicester bank. But if they win in this much maligned competition, it does pay out a Europa League invite next time around. So I think Leicester do need to take it quite seriously. But let's stay on the topic of Leicester very quickly because they play Arsenal on Sunday. James is now back-to-back -back victories for the Foxes in the Premier League. Can they ruffle the feathers of the Gunners at the weekend? I can almost hear the Spursy optimism lingering in your voice there, Dan. Really <laughs> give Arsenal a game, but... The Gunners just keep finding ways to win football matches at the minute, and I think they'll probably sneak this one too. We touched on Leicester's good home form, but away from the King Power, there are only two wins in the last ten have come against Brentford and Burnley. So unless the hosts change their name to Barsenal, then I think it could be a bit of a struggle, actually. The home win of both teams to score double is the selection here for me, which would be a winner for the fourth straight Arsenal game. You can get that at 2-1. to one. Well, Jamie, are Arsenal going to need to bank the points when and where they can? Because when they have their three games in hand... Their three games in hand are incredibly difficult. So you can only beat what's in front of you. They're doing that. At the same time, should we be avoiding their current 8-15 to 15 on price for a top four finish? Should we sit back a week and just see how it all unfolds? Well, I, I think this is kind of the beauty of the Premier League, really. I mean, it's always kind of, there's so many twists and turns. And I think especially in the race for the top four, it seems like whoever finishes in the top four this year is going to do so by default. I think if you look at the, the three teams really seriously competing now for it in Man United, Spurs and Arsenal, They've all had really poor runs of form at some stage of this season. I think Arsenal, for sure, they're definitely in the driving seat at the moment. I think the thing with Arsenal is they just look like a kind of a proper team. Maybe not like a, a really dominant team that I think will ever kind of challenge for much more than the top four. But I think if you look at Spurs and Manchester United, they're just two sides that seem very early on in their projects. Of course, Spurs under Conte, hopefully he stays, but they are only four or five months into kind of building that team. And then with Arteta, you know, he's been in the job uh, two or three years, you know, nearly two years now. Um, and he's been able to have a chance to build a team. And I think that that's what will ultimately stand Arsenal in the best stead. You know, they've got a fully functioning side and uh, it's going to be whoever's the most consistent, of course. But uh, I think for me, Arsenal will just about do it, unfortunately. Um, and, and again, I think they'll get the points against Leicester on the weekend. Yeah, that will set them up very nicely for midweek when they face Liverpool. But as I say, if they clear the Leicester hurdle, 
then it's all full steam ahead for midweek. It's full steam ahead for us. We've hit full time. But before we do our admin, we need to do one final bit of business, which is the odds on threefold. No success last week, unfortunately, but we go again. So once again, we pick a leg each, combine it into an acker. We're going to try and go for bets over one to two on, but less than evens. And let's see if we can get another winner over the line. So Jamie, I'm going to start with you this week. What have you got for me? Yep, I think a fairly fairly comfortable one. I've gone for Liverpool to beat Brighton away. That's eight to fifteen, so kind of just on the edge there. But uh, I think it's I think it's a very safe bet there. I think Liverpool, you know, they'll be wanting to put in a statement ahead of Manchester City's game. Um, and Liverpool, they're just in such great form at the moment. And and with us, you know, especially with Brighton, the way they they're going, as we said, they're really dropping at the moment. So uh, I think a comfortable Liverpool win is is fairly safe to say. Okay, I'm going to split the pack today. I'm going to go with Leeds to win against Norwich at the weekend, four to seven. I know it's a six-pointer, but I think Norwich haven't got much left in them now. I think that Brentford defeat is the one that really took the wind out of their sails. So I'm putting all my efforts into Leeds at the weekend. So James, to finish up, what have you got for me? Well, Sheffield United are flying in the Championship at the minute. I think it's just one defeat in the last dozen games. So I think they're good news to get a victory at Coventry, who are just losing their way at the minute. They're winless in three. They've lost the last two, and they've lost two of the last three against the Blades as well. So I like the away win here. It's a pretty juicy nine to five. That is very juicy, actually. I like that very much. Right, that does bring us to full time. So I need to do the admin before we wrap up. As mentioned before, if any of these bets take your fancy, make sure to visit the free bets website. And now I need to thank my duo of top guests. James, thanks for joining me this afternoon. I hope you enjoyed that one. Of course. Cheers, Dan. And Jamie, thanks for your time and sharing your betting insights with me. Yep, thanks, Dan. Cheers, guys, and also to the listeners out there. And with that said, it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. This is the Odds On Podcast. And until next time, goodbye. (laughs) 